welcome back to the On Mission podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Jones, joined as always by my friend and pastor, Rick Nicely. And today we brought back one of our fellow elders, John O'Morrow. John O is, I believe, John O, if I, if I say this correctly, the president of Eminem Auto. Is that correct? Uh, thank you, Kenny. Yes, I have the privilege of working at Eminem Auto Parts. Well, I, I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, you're bringing the business perspective, so not just as an elder in the church, but you're bringing today to our conversation on COVID-19 in the church, a perspective of, of a businessman that you know, Rick and I don't have, Rick being a pastor, me being in the military, uh, you know, long time, uh, I guess federal employee, we all bring different perspectives. And so we wanted to bring in your unique perspective on top of uh, your understanding of God's word. Before hey, he's get- also, he is also the proud owner of that stash that he's got right there too. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I, was, I was a little heartbroken. If you remember back, I think it was John and we did your interview. I, I said that we should show people that we really do love each other, regardless of the jokes we make. And so let's wear our Arsenal jerseys and I wore mine. And then yeah, I guess you felt bad. So you put the Arsenal stadium behind you just so, so you knew that uh, there were I no did. hard I wanted, feelings. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I, you did feel that there was some, I was trying, listen, I'm trying to be a brother to you, Kenny. I appreciate that. I I'm, appreciate I'm reaching that. out so far and I just yeah. feel like I'm getting chopped off. I mean, it started with, my friend and fellow pastor. Right. And then we got John out. He's a business guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's fair. That's fair. I will, uh, I'll work on that next time we bring you back on the podcast in like two months. Yeah. Uh, wow, thanks, man. <laughs> before we get to the question of the day, I want to talk about yesterday's Mother's Day drive through meal. I, what an awesome experience. Uh, how awesome was that for you guys? Rick, talk, talking about just seeing people and being able to spend time together. You know, uh, I don't know, five weeks ago or so, Michelle kind of gave me the idea that she saw something or read something and saw, this seems like a great idea. And then I talked about it with the elders. And then I was on the phone with uh, a couple of the guys, Jeff Durow, we got to give a big shout out to, and Absolutely. his family as well as Scott Nichols and doing the food prep. And then all of a sudden we had this uh, kind of light bulb moment. It was like, we need to do it on Mother's Day. So we put it out there and man, it blew away uh, every expectation I had. I, I think there was 180 RSVPs, but I think we ended up giving out over 200 meals. So it was just a great day. Just it was, it was a good time, loving on people and encouraging and praying with them, seeing them. It was really awesome. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. For those of us that are extroverts, like I left feeling energized, yes. having seen. I think yeah. I saw every single person I could have thought of come through the line. I was over there with Michelle and Mary. Uh, it, it was just I was I left feeling so uplifted. I don't. John, you were over with uh, Jeff and Matt, I believe, over in the line where we were praying for folks. How was that as people were coming through? Well, it's actually, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to, to be in the, the prayer time, the prayer team. Those guys well, knocked it out. But I was down that way, and um, Jose and I were kind of bringing them in. And Kenny, you're exactly right. The joy on their faces. And I was even having to pull down my uh, my mask, show off the stash a little bit. But they just... <laughs> But it was just, it was, it was family, right? You haven't seen your family in so long. And, um, you know, I have um, both the privilege and the uncertainty of going to work every day on site. And a lot of these people don't like this is, that was some of the most interaction they've had, but seeing our fellow brothers and sisters just so excited and, um, and just knowing this is where they belong. I mean, just the, it was, I can't describe it except for the fact that glad we did it. And it was a great idea. And I think that people felt loved and I felt loved. So it was, it was great. Yeah, we, we talked about it on social media today. But if I forget somebody, obviously, I can mention Jeff Jarreau and Scott Nichols were responsible for the food. Yeah. Uh, we had 
our ladies, Tammy, oh, yeah. Tiffany, and Mary sewed all those masks. That's a lot of masks. Yep. They spent yep. time sewing. Yep. And then obviously all our volunteers, your daughters were there. We had um, uh, both the Vasquez's. We had Matt Johnson, Jono, Jeff and Pam were there. Uh, yep. I think Josh Van Mater was there. We just yep. we we're so thankful for everybody that came out and, and the smiles coming through the line. I mean, and there's more than smiles. There were some people that are emotional having not seen yeah. somebody for a long time. And, and you know, your wife can, she can just touch the heart of people. And there were people mm-hmm. that were brought to tears. They were so excited to talk to her. And so that was just so, so heartwarming to see our people uh, yesterday. I really enjoyed that. Um, so let's jump to our question of the day. This is one that could probably get us in trouble. And, and there's probably a number of things that I could say to get myself in trouble. What is the one thing that other people like, but you don't? Like it's, it's super trendy or maybe, you know, you're, you're the quiet one when everyone's talking about a certain topic and they're like, oh, I love this. And, and, you're, and you're in the background going, that but you're just not going to say it out loud because you know you're going to get attacked john i see the glow in your eye when i said it so something crossed your mind yes it did so i know this is going to break rick's heart Mm. i i hate mma (laughs) (laughs) i don't like it i don't i don't know why i should everything about me should just gravitate toward that sport of people putting people into submission, but I actually even by myself, it's not that like, I can't even blame it on the wife and the kids. It's just me by myself at night. And I go, no, I'm not watching this crap. So I don't know why. I just don't like it. Uh, I just, I just uh, watched the other night. So now I do kind of feel chastised. Rick, uh, no. I, I did watch the outcome of some of those. So that's good. I mean, I mean there's yeah. nothing else. You can watch the last dance. You can watch uh, the NFL draft a few weeks ago and, I'm not watching guys race NASCAR video game. Like, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. 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 I know. That's, I could probably do that. So I'm not impressed. (laughs) All right, Rick, how about you? What's something that everyone else likes that you just don't like? Wow. I don't know, man. I'm just not a big fan of the beach. I I hate sand. I mean, it gets everywhere. It gets in your pants. It gets in your, between your toes. I I hate it, man. (laughs) I, I just hate the beach. I love water. I mean, I, I like the ocean. I just, I don't like the beach. I love rivers. Uh, so I like the water. Just not a fan of the beach. I'm sorry. No, I, I completely relate to that one. I, I've actually had friends ask us to go. Uh, and then they, they find out that, you know, I, I'm not a big fan. I'm like, oh, but we forgot you don't like the beach. I think for me, you see pictures all the time on social media of all like the big donut places around here. You yeah. got the one, Freddie. I think it's called Freddy's. Is the new name for the yeah. donut place? Yeah. You've yep. got Paul's. You've got uh, Krispy Kreme hot lights on. I could care less. Uh, I yeah. have zero interest in donuts. Just, I would uh, rather eat. Like, I know it's just as unhealthy. I'd rather have cold pizza than a donut uh, for, for breakfast. But I know it is. It is kind of the thing you post your favorite donuts you picked up and how creative they were. And you, you're supposed to like choose a place. Like I'm a Paul's guy. I'm a Freddy's guy. I'm a Krispy Kreme guy. I'm a no donut guy. I just don't want donuts. <laughs> so, so I, I just want to get this clear. You both don't like the beach. Yep. For sure. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it probably started for me with Jaws, right? I grew up on the coast. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> I don't care where it started. This is just a bad, this is a bad start. I'm like, sorry. Where, 
Are we going to have like a beach party in Caroline County at some point? Like, I don't know that there's. <laughs> no, we're not, obviously, right now. Okay. Definitely not. That, there's there's two votes against right there. There, there, is Port, there is Port Royal. There's Port yep. Royal. There's a little bit of a beach there. So. What's going to possibly was going to be the capital of the United States. Yeah, that's true. Wow. True. There's a fun yeah. fact there. But that's the first history. time we've had a fun fact here on the On Mission podcast. Hey, I bring, I bring it. We may bring you back sooner than two months because of that. That's awesome. Uh, All right, so let's jump into COVID-19 and the church. The first uh, question I have for Rick. Rick, uh, you know, there's a lot going around on the internet. Uh, there's people who have different opinions. I guess I want to start with kind of the basic question. If I'm a believer in Christ and I trust in his protection and mercy, why should I be concerned about COVID-19 at all? I mean, why, why wear a mask? Why social distance? Why not large gatherings? I mean, if I trust Christ, I mean, I should just, no big deal. Or should I be concerned yeah. as a believer? Yeah, I mean, you know, Romans 13 talks about uh, God ordaining our leaders, our government, um, that even though uh, we vote for people, mm-hmm. God is sovereign over all that, right? And so um, just like I, I get in my car and I snap uh, my seatbelt on, and I drive the speed limit. Um, that's a really good analogy. Obey, I that one's good. That's a good you know, one. And uh, and obey the the signs of the the road. I'm not perfect in that situation, but you know I try to abide by those things, and I think it's fair. Now, some people would say, well, you know, a lot of these aren't laws, right? They haven't been passed, or they're kind of stepping in with executive order. And I think within reason, I can see both sides of that. But I think for a season. We need, to, we need to understand that th- this is something that's been put in to protect us, protect people around us. And so we need to do everything we can to honor that. I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, you know, I didn't even think about the seatbelt. Uh, you know, that, that's something that for when I was a kid, we probably grew up where you didn't have to wear a seatbelt. Yeah. And, and it kind of took a time to adopt it. And yeah. I, think, I think now we think about, like, why wouldn't I put a seatbelt? People have accidents pulling out of their driveway. Yep. That's, a, that's a really good analogy. John, how about you? You, you uh, business uh, man there at uh, M&M, you're probably having to put some precautions into place as uh, there at at, uh, M&M. What are your thoughts on on the question? Yeah, so it's it's hard, man. You know, we really are living, you know, I think the common thing that goes through my head is as a person who loves other people, I need to do everything in my power to make sure I'm protecting them from getting sick. Mm. And, um, and there are some people that just are throwing caution to the wind. I don't think that's okay. Sure. Uh, but I also think in the same right, there are people that are that are over over overreaching, if you will. Sure. And, and they're and they're and they're um, how they're reacting. Now, now when you're talking about this, are we? You're saying from a business perspective, like how am I taking precautions at at the company level? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're having to be conscious of the safety of your employees. You used to yeah. travel a lot. You used to go to a lot of conferences. And sure. so there's probably things that are being put into place uh, as, as a business owner. Again, just like we are uh, as elders, as sponsored ladies, we're responsible for other people when we, when we hold services or events. You're responsible for a number of people, not just your people, but your customers as well. Yeah, so we, we've established, you know, when this first came out, there's a lot of just uncertainty, right? Good, good serious sure. title as well right now. And we were walking through how do we do the best to protect our employees and our customers? Because we're still in the process of providing parts for people who are in need. So our drivers, the people that are interacting with people outside of the company are wearing all the personal protective equipment. They need, everybody's got all the hand sanitizer that you could need. We've got a hold of that. Um, internally, we've made some, 
suggestions on social distancing. We, we, we um, have the privilege of not working on top of each other so much where we work. So we haven't had to, uh, everybody's got about a six foot buffer. Um, but I think it is, it is, it's kind of an ever changing thing because the, the it, we've noticed just in the retail traffic at our operations that the moment it got nice outside, people just started walking in the door, even though we had a sign that said, stop, you know, push pause, <laughs> put a mask on, call yeah. us. Yeah. They want to come in because people are craving what they consider to be normal. Sure. Right? Yeah. They want normalcy so bad. Yeah. And even our staff, it's a constant reminder. And there's something we put in place called just, you know, I'm going to make a social contract with you. I'm going to make a social contract that when I leave work, I'm going to go home and I'm going to handle myself responsibly because I know that I can impact your family, the people who live with you. Some of these people that we know, they have their parents living with them mm-hmm. and their extended family or friends. And so everything I do is directly related to other about, I'd say we have 80 employees. So it directly relates to maybe let's call it 250 people. If I go out and make a careless decision right now, I could affect a lot of people and I'm asking the same from them. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are right now. Um, and we're kind of playing it, you know, by ear in the sense of as things get relaxed, we're not initially moving to that step immediately or kind of easing into it and just sure. seeing what we need to do to be smart. That's good. I mean, I, I appreciate that perspective, you know, that you guys are, are caring about not just your employees, but your employees' families. That's great. Yeah, it really is something you got to, you got to, you got to take it all into consideration. I mean, it's just, it's easy to just see the people around you and be, this is my world I live in, but mm-hmm. it's much bigger than that. And we're yeah. dealing with something that you can't see. And we, we're very aware of that now. Kenny, earlier you mentioned, um, this, earlier this week, a part of the hesitation uh, to take some of these precautions we're talking about in regards to COVID-19 might be related to the low numbers um, in our area. Um, but how do you think that impacts our perspective as far as in Carolina and some of the surrounding counties? I just think it's really hard for us because we live, what we're seeing is in the very dense uh, population centers like New York City, uh, and actually, I was reading an article this morning about L.A., although there's a lot of people there, they're spread out more. And so because we are so spread out, we, we haven't had the number of casualties. None, I, I don't know. I'm not going to ask the question. But I don't think the three of us probably any, know anyone who's had COVID-19. And we, we certainly don't know anyone who's passed away of COVID-19. And so it's very hard for it. To, it's never real to you until it comes home to you. That's right. But, but we do know people. Uh, you know, I was listening to a podcast on Fox News the other day. It was Chris Dyerwalt and Dana Perino, and they're both talking about they both know people who have passed away, and they both know people who, who many people who have had the virus. And so you're not in those population centers where, at least in the, in the case of New York City, you've got, I think it's like ten to 20,000 dead in, in New York City. And so you, more than likely, you know somebody who passed away, and you probably have neighbors and friends who've had COVID if you, if, if you didn't have COVID. And so it is really, it's really difficult for us. We talk about this all the time that, uh, you know, when, we're, when we try and, and comfort somebody who has lost, say, our mom or dad, it, it doesn't really become real to you to you lo- lose a, a close relative. And then you go, okay, now I can kind of relate to it. And so I just, we, I don't, I know personally, I don't know anybody that has had COVID. I don't know anybody that knows anybody that's passed away. I don't know about you two. So it's, it's just, it's difficult for us to, you know, we want to say, well, everything seems good here, but, but we are, we're spread out. Uh, we, we social distance by virtue of our geography because it, it is such an open area. We are so spread out. You don't have 20, 30, I mean, I guess a hundred story buildings on top of each other in New York city where there's just no way to get away from people. And so I think that makes it difficult. Yeah. 
no, Kenny, I think, I think a good example, like you, you set up a good stage. You said there, because we probably firsthand, very few of us in this area have met or know someone who's died right. uh, of COVID-19. And maybe we've met some people who are sick or being or tested positive. It's probably very similar to someone who sits there and tries to know what it's like to be overseas in a war zone based yeah. on the news media. Sure. But has never been there. Sure. You know what it's like, you know, the smell, you know, the taste, right. you know, the pure chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, now talking about it from a business perspective, my uncle and well, my family has a construction business in Harrisonburg, Virginia, a random part of the state that's been, been hit pretty hard, very migrant populated population based on the poultry industry and those kind of things in that region of the state. But they've had two employees that have tested positive for COVID-19. It's been devastating on the company. I mean, not only are you having to tell all the people you work for in the construction world that, hey, we had a person test positive that was on your site. Mm-hmm. And now the health, Virginia Health Department has to come in there and then do a cleaning. So um, it's, it's even, even though I've heard the story is close to home, I still live in ignorance sure. about the true effect of what's going on. And um, I, I pray that's what I can continue to do, but I don't Absolutely. know if that's reality. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. No, I just, I, I can understand. Cause I mean, I, even me, I, I, and I wear a mask when I go out. Um, but at times I'm like, I, I'm not, I don't know anyone who's sick around here. There's, I think there's a 130,000 people, uh, in this local area. Uh, and then I think 70,000 in, in Caroline County. And, uh, you've had a handful. You, I mean, it might be, you know, a couple hundred cases. And so it's, it's, it's really it's, not even as much as a big neighborhood, you know, for sure. some, when you really look at it like that, right. but right. It's difficult. So Rick, uh, the governor on Friday had a press conference and he started to roll out. It was really uh, fairly vague. You know, there was a comment about um, religious organizations. And then just, I think today or yesterday, we got a few more details. We don't really have enough information yet. And and that's where we're at in terms of making decisions. But one of the three of us, I'm going to start with you, but talk through some of our considerations for What's it look like as we consider going back in some form or fashion? We don't know what that is, right? We talked about different uh, iterations of it. But what's, what are considerations for you as the, as the lead pastor before we, we gather together once again the way we did originally back in March before this all started? Sure. I, I want to back up just a little bit because I want to say just a couple other things of some of the things we discussed. One is, you know, I, I think we understand why there's a real anxiousness to get back. We're wired. We talk about this all the time. We're wired for relationships. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not, we're not meant to be alone. Uh, the other thing is I think we're also uh, in the first two chapters of Genesis, we see the cultural mandate. We see God make it very plain that man and woman are to cultivate the land. They're subdue it, creative, multiply. So there is this desire innate for us to want to be creative and work and put our hands to work. And so both of those are natural things. I think we can't uh, push that aside. So I think that's understandable why people are anxious about that. Um, and also in that, I think we need to understand that in our own life, when crises have hit, um, there's probably been times where we've overcorrected. And so we need to be gracious to the government that they may have in some ways overcorrected a little bit, uh, but they're coming back and we need to be patient with them. I think uh, I love the scripture where it says we need to love justice um, I seek justice, love, mercy, and walk humbly. And I think this is true there in this crisis. We need to think about all those things. So when I think about coming back together, three things that come up to my mind. One is a, the psychological uh, side of things. People are going to be 
I think we have to be reality, even though we want to get back together, there's still going to be a, a psychological barrier as we get back together. It's going to be a season of elbow uh, fist bumping, maybe at the most mask, all this is a psychological side of things. We need to wait and, and understand there's going to be some time of adjustment there. Uh, the other thing I think it's the physical side, the real reality is when we get back together, we do need to pay, take some precautions. We do need to, make sure that we're doing everything we can to protect our people, protect ourselves. And then the, the last side is just a practical side. How do we flush it out? I mean, how do we both keep some of these mandates that we're asked to do, but also practically do worship and, and to experience that uh, corporate time together that we're mandated from scripture to do, not to forsake the gathering together uh, that we have that. So um, all those are kind of tricky so Rick, I just want to, I want to follow up. So I, I know that in our conversations we've had as elders, we, we've kind of considered another a, a range of options. We've talked about right. meeting uh, in, in homes as community groups and watching the service together. We've talked about a drive-in church as a possibility. A lot of our folks, I know that has been a very popular suggestion from folks. And then, and then if we ever did get to meet back in Madison at some point. So talk me through some of our considerations, some of the things we've talked about that we'd have to take into consideration. And I think for us, the, the dead end we always hit is childcare. That's the hardest one for us to, to figure out. But what are some other considerations? Yeah. So I think uh, we need to understand up until Friday, really, we're, we were still kind of, you know, there's no way we could meet. And of course, a governor has loosened some of those restrictions for uh, religious organizations, churches, uh, more specifically. So we have things to think about. Um, we have options to, to pray about and think through. So we know that he said something about 50% capacity. So um, if we were just to take that facility we're in right now, we have to get the actual, I think, um, fire marshal number, whatever that is, and, mm -hmm. and, and divide that by two. Right. But then we have to have the social distancing and all the other rules that we're talking about, mask and uh, all these type of things. Um, you know, I think one of the things we need to remember as a church plant, one, we're, we are um, – not a huge group. Uh, we have almost 99.9% .9 of all the people that volunteer are volunteers. They're not paid staff. So we have to be careful of the demand that we put on people and how we ask them uh, to volunteer. So we need to keep that in consideration. The other thing is we don't own anything. That's a blessing, but it also in these circumstances, it's, it's at the mercy of the people that are allowing us to rent, which is the CCPS right now, uh, Carolina County Public School. So they have been incredibly gracious to us in every point in the last almost three years. Uh, and I don't expect anything differently in this situation. So um, we're, we're talking about a lot of things as elders. One is, you know, coming in, if we do have to do 50%, then we'll have to do multiple services. Right. We wouldn't have childcare. Uh, we would have to do a lot of precautions, spreading out, cleaning in between services. Everything will be real shrunk down as far as time. Uh, so we don't have to be there for, you know, four or five hours. Uh, so we, we would look at that kind of two to three services, uh, that type of thing. The other option would be some type of maybe start out with a drive-in um, type thing in one of the parking lots where we would have a, uh, like an FM transmitter, maybe have a little either stage area up front. People would stay in their cars or right just outside their car, maybe on the hood of their car or maybe in the uh, tailgate of their truck uh, type thing. And so we could do that where it's live. We're at the mercy of the weather. We don't have sure. access to restrooms. We'd have to do something for that. Um, that would probably be uh, the least amount of, I think that would probably be the safest 
as far as keeping people kind of in their family groups and not uh, doing a lot of intermingling. Um, it would be at the mercy, obviously, of the weather. So those are things. And then we talked about uh, kind of maybe doing some type of um, blend of that where we could do home groups or uh, micro uh, churches, if you will. It's, it's been thrown out where people gather either in a home or maybe another place. They Maybe they have a big man cave or maybe they have access to a hunting lodge. Or, I don't know. Um, people, 20, 30 people could get in there or more. And they just watch the service together and do the community groups together. At least they have that kind of first stage or first phase of gathering corporately. So those are some ideas. We haven't landed on one of those yet. We're still praying through that. And so I think we still have a, a few weeks to make that decision, but we need to pull the trigger pretty quick and start getting with that. The school is supposed to get back with me in just a couple of days. I talked to the facilities uh, director today. They're having a meeting tomorrow. And so I should hear something back tomorrow evening or first thing Wednesday about uh, MES directly. Yeah, John, anything we, I know we've also talked about, we don't want to lose the, the community we built in our small groups. So that's a consideration because some of yeah. these options would, it would make it difficult for us to do small groups online and then, and then to, to show up to the parking lot or, or, you know, if we use Madison, because uh, that, 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 gonna, that would be even more difficult, right? Because you're talking about more congregation of people, uh, it, it's funny. I heard this on, on TV the other day and they said, well, we're going to have to start exiting the building like they do in churches. Well, the only other time I've ever seen people exit by rows in a wedding, like I, I've been to Catholic churches and I don't think they do that as a rule, but it was funny. They said that from now on, we're going to exit like churches exit. Uh, so, so that's, and, and the idea behind that, right. Is that is it's, it's control. It's you want folks, you, it doesn't matter if they're all sitting apart, and then everybody just gets up and congregates and walks out in a big, you know, gathering. So, so in order for you to maintain that, it's kind of like you're seeing right now in the grocery stores. You got the arrows go down this way and then come back this way. You would have to find some way that you bring people in in an orderly fashion, you keep them, you know, separated. And then when they exit, if you're if you're going to do social distancing, you kind of blow it all up if we just all come together after church is over and all kind of hang out in the back of, of the sanctuary. What do we miss, Jono? No, I, th I think the key here is this is that it's, it's, it's important for everyone listening and seeing this to know that there's been prayer and there's been consideration and thought. And there's not one magic bullet. There's right. not one golden arrow that's like, this is what we've come to and this is going to be the save all, fix all. This is a, man, this is just walking by faith and just realizing and being humble. We may, yeah. we may go, hey, we're going to do drive-in church and this is how it's going to work. And, and Rick may come to the elders and go, what do we think? And we may come back next Sunday or next Monday on Kenny's podcast and go, Hey guys, that was not ideal. We're going to do this now. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's, it's okay yeah. because the, the key is that we are, are trusting that God is moving through this, which he is. Mm -hmm. And that in the end, we're going to be a, a community that is stronger. Mm -hmm. And when we get the chance to go out and, and be more active in Caroline and in Southern Spotsylvania County, that we are just going to, uh, we're going to do great things. And mm -hmm. so, no matter what we do, it's uh, it's going to be constantly fluid and constantly just working towards what it looks like that day. Sometimes yeah. I think yeah. in all all of these considerations, as you said, are are and we pray about them, but it's out of love. Like we we love our people. We mm -hmm. love you know, there's there's a lot of people who are in that population that is considered most vulnerable, and right. you. you they may not even be elderly. They just may have some kind of a medical history where they have yeah. a compromised immune system. And so we're not doing these things out of fear, out of paranoia. We truly love our people and we would hate to have 
something bad happened. I mean, we don't want to be just that one place where we have a lot of people that work in government, right? We have people who work in Belfour, at Quantico, and DC. And so perhaps you come in contact with somebody up there and then you bring it down into wherever we meet. We, we just don't want to, we want to take care of our people. And so we're so doing that love. And I think there's a, there's a uh, correlation here as well, because I think from the business perspective, I mean, the, you know, I, I can speak to that. And, and it's the fact that you've got where you work, where people work, right? You may not be at work right now. Some of you are teleworking, which is new. I'm actually in my office right now. This is where I do school every day. I did school here today, right here in this very spot. Yeah. So it's, so things are different. Things are evolving. Like your employer or the people that you have reporting you one week, something may work and the next week it might not work. And then sure. two weeks from now we're showing back up at work, but it's within the confines of, of what the new normal looks like for a season. And I know for us, we're, we're constantly is, um, we're looking at it saying, you know, will the cure be worse than the problem? Mm. And I know from the church's perspective, that's the same thing because for a business, we love people, right? But we're economically driven. We're, mm-hmm. we're in business to, to provide money for revenue. I mean, that sounds very, um, some people can take that and spin that the wrong way, but we exist to make money. And by making money, you're allowed to have, you have employees who then can provide for families and right. those kind of things. It's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, Churches also have similar things like we give tithes and offerings and sometimes it is people like to do it in person versus uh, online. And so there's a, there's a point and there's a tipping point in everybody's scale. And, and I know from an economic standpoint, uh, the virus doesn't care how big or small you are. Sure. It doesn't matter if you're a sole proprietorship and you're the only person there, or if you're a multiple corporation across the world, um, everybody's having to tighten their belts. Yeah. And everybody's having to deal with things. I mean, the federal level, there's, there's cutbacks that have already been said, Hey, 2021 is going to look different mm. state level, local level, my business, yeah. Yeah. um, churches, uh, we're, they're, we're, they're, we're going through, yeah, we're talking about this right now. And we make, uh, recommendations as part of our final exercise at the school I go to, it's a national security resourcing strategy. Mm-hmm. Everything is under the consideration of the budget's going to be different next year. We're going to have less yeah. money because of COVID. I mean, even as the military, we've got to pay for hospitals. We've got to pay for tests. Uh, we got to pay for treatment. And then there, there's a bill for the federal government to pay. Uh, so absolutely, I, that's, you're, you're dead on with, with that. So I think as yeah. we come out of this pandemic and out of, or when we come out of, we get gated for phase one, as mm-hmm. the federal government has said and as the yeah. governor has stated. And as we hopefully move to two in two to three weeks and then maybe three, um, hopefully by July or, or maybe right around there, I think we pray that we get through that, but it's not over. We're now walking through the next part of that faith, which looks like what does what does it look like on the economic standpoint? Because, you know, we are in a situation that's something that the, we haven't really experienced since the 20s and 30s um, yeah. regarding unemployment. I mean, if you have a job, praise God you have a job. Right. Yeah. If you don't, you know what? God's still good. It just right. is going to look different in the next couple of weeks. And just know that as an employer, I drastically care about everybody I work with. This isn't some ivory tower where I'm sitting up here just, you know, soaking it out and, you know, and then saying, Hey, tough love. It's that every person is a name. Every person has a family and a story. And as a follower of Christ, that's how, that's how I'm ministering right now is that you're getting in the trenches and, and it's what Rick talks about all the time. It's just, you get down there, you lock arms, you get in there with people and you say, listen, I love you, man. It may look different, but we're both going through stuff that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I just want to talk about this is this may be normal for us September, October, August, hopefully, but but it's a it's going to be like a tail. It's going to whip, and it's yeah. it's going to keep coming. Yeah, and I think you know I I created a word about fifty. Well, I don't know if I created it, but I I made something up, which you guys would probably say I do that every Sunday. But uh, <laughs> uh, about fifteen years ago, we were on a mission trip, and man, this thing of of positive and flexible uh, came to me because when when you're out on mission, if you will, uh, which we should be um, all the time, you you have a plan, right? But then always what happens with that plan, it, it's kind of like I heard Mike Tyson say years ago, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Right. Yeah. And I feel like we kind of been hit in the mouth. And so we're, we're adjusting that plan, but we need to be flexible, but also positive. So I call it flexitive. Um, it, it's really this idea of, hey, we're going to plan something out. It's a relative walk- naked. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> I know how to pronounce it. I just choose not to. Uh, so I, I, I just think as we walk through this together, we need to keep, keep in mind that, hey, we're going to plan stuff, but there may need to be some twists and turns along right. the way that we have to adjust. So, and just keeping a positive mindset and positive attitude is huge. So, but, no, you, Go ahead, John. No, I was going to say, sometimes when I'm, you know, and to think that I don't get depressed about this or I'm not anxious is, is a lie. Like, it mm-hmm. really keeps me up yeah. at night sometimes. Right. And it's something that, you know, uh, it's going to keep keeping me up at night because it's just my personality. Yeah. I think the thing that we have to realize is that God called us to River Rock to plan for autonomy. And he wasn't surprised that this happened. Nope. Like he's not going, oh man, Rick will be able to do it, but it'll just be harder. He's going like, no, I, I picked you to do this right. for this season. Right. And there's reassurance in that, you know, that's, that's what is that's when you get to that point where for me, I'm like, this just, this sucks. Yeah. Uh, that there is something that I'm so glad I'm not in charge. So, so just if we can, you guys have both kind of alluded to this and I wanted to, to wrap up with this final question is what can people be doing? We, we saw a representation of it yesterday, but there are other things we can be doing to love on each other. Rick, you talked to me about, you, you started writing letters to people. And that, right. That, right. Things that we have not thought of before. So what are, what are some things that we can do? And I'll ask both of you and then, and then we'll wrap up. But what are things that we can do during this time to continue, continue to love on each other, even if we're not to meet, able to meet sometime soon? Yeah, I'm just trying to write notes, you know, each week to people. And, you know, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a letter, but it's just an encouraging note to them to say, hey, we love you. We're praying for you. If there's any needs, please let us know. That's kind of an old school way of doing things, but we don't write notes a lot today. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm trying to text people, um, trying to call them. Uh, just know that when we call and talk to people, um, that's, people think that's just like a two or three minute conversation. I called somebody today to encourage them. It was, it was almost an hour, about 50 some minutes. So um, it, to me, it's, it's like a visitation almost. We're just doing it through the phone. So uh, we're doing that. I'm just doing a little bit of, by little. I know our small group leaders are doing that. So I would just say if somebody comes on your heart, you know, send them a text, uh, send them a Facebook message, um, call them, write them a note. I think those are all huge things that go a long ways with people. People want to know that they're loved. They want to know that they're cared for. They want to know that they're missed. I think the hardest thing is probably for some uh, people that may have just started coming to our church or just kind of were not connected yet to a community group. They may feel, so Michelle and I are trying each week as we think about people that maybe we haven't heard from or maybe not coming 
to our virtual group that we'll try to reach out to them. And even yesterday, we made a list of people we didn't see we're reaching out to. So I think that's huge. How about you, Jono? Yeah, I think, Rick, all those things you said are, are great. And um, I, I think some of the stuff that we did just, you know, um, and, and a lot of it is, I mean, praise God, we're in a situation where we've got technology. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's something that's massive that we could, we could meet you guys like this and you can watch it tonight at, or when you're watching it today at 2 a.m. or at lunchtime. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for us, there's a Marco Polo app. I know that's been huge for some people in our community just in it. And if you're not familiar with it, it's real simple to use. It's just a, you record a message and it goes like, um, it goes, it's a video message. It goes through the application process and it records all of them. And the second thing I would just say is to smile at people. I mean, everybody's yeah, stressed. Cool. And if, if you're in the car, I mean, people are white knuckling it and they're going like 30 miles an hour. And I'm like, you've got a problem, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but really they're scared. Yeah. You know, to, to say that I'm not scared is ignorant. There are times when I'm leery about what's going on because I lose focus of how big my God is. But I know I went through, I got a, I got a, I got a latte today. And the lady that served me, she just was very sweet. And I said, good morning. She said, hi. Like, she was, I, yeah. And, and you know, when you got your mask on, like <laughs> let her see the stash, yeah. pull it back up. I mean, just get a smile going and, and keep the hope alive. I mean, that is, it reminds me, I mean, I know where it's a different scenario, but World War II, right? C.S. Lewis got on the radio and was, he was doing stuff all the time for the BBC because he was just trying to keep the hope alive in the Britain and London as they're getting bombed by the Germans. So our goal is to be a light. And so we need to be positive. We need to be happy. We need to be encouraging. And whatever that looks like for you is, is what you should do. And, and uh, so stuff. we just have to take advantage of this time. I mean, we're, it's going to be at some point we are going to go back to a fairly normal schedule, but there's such a great opportunity. Now I'm getting texts from people I haven't heard from in 10 years. Um, people that, that I normally wouldn't see, but like once a year that they want to do a, a video teleconference and, and hang out <laughs> for a while. And uh, I know that all of our community group leaders have been trying to call people if they, if they don't see them in the, the WebEx or zoom small group meetings are trying to call. So, th and, and really just at the, at the, at the the, the core of it is this is such great family time. I, I know for some people they're probably done with family time. They've had their share of family time. My girl's a little older, uh, but, but really you really should enjoy it. I hear people talk about it all the time that man, that they haven't been home this much. They haven't seen their, their mm -hmm. wife or husband this much that they don't get to see their kid. I, I don't know. I know it can be, it can be very difficult, especially if you, if you live, maybe a, you've got like five kids and you've got a small house. It's gotta be tough. That's gotta be hard. But I think we should just, like you said, we should look for those opportunities. I had a, a similar experience at the UPS store. I was waiting patiently for like, I think I waited a half hour. And the guy apologized when I got up there. And, and uh, he's like, you know, he's like, I appreciate you not you know, getting upset. He's like, I'm, I've seen people's true colors come out during this time where they just get nasty with you. And I mean, it is amazing. It is actually a scientific fact that if you smile at somebody, it's very difficult for them not to smile back at you. Um, uh, it's just, it's, it is a, it's a, it's a thing that, that brightens people's day. We saw it at the, at the Mother's Day drive-thru. We'll, we'll finish where we end. We saw people come through. We yeah. saw their faces light up. We saw them super yeah. excited. I know it energized me. It got, it, you know, I left uh, just on a high pulling out of the, the Madison parking lot. And Kenny, people, sh people share with me, and I'm sure you guys have heard it too. I mean, people are asking questions that are past surface now, right? They're asking, like, 
what happens if I get this? What happens, you know? So they're, they're talking about life and death. We're talking about things past. It's like that moment where you, you do, you're doing a check on your heart. You're doing a check on your mind. So I think I know a lot of people shared where they're, you know, they're tagging people in messages, uh, sermons, or tagging people um, in different things that we're doing through social media. So I think that's a great opportunity people uh, to forward things to them, to encourage them and try to start dialogue about these kind of things. So, I mean, what is, I think there was a saying, you know, uh, pain is God's megaphone to a dying world. Mm-hmm. And um, I, when I think of that, I, I, I remember 9-11, right? So I was in college mm-hmm. and I was, a, I was at Liberty. So it was definitely a little bit different than everywhere else. But the amount of people that began to just reevaluate their life, mm-hmm. reevaluate, this could have been me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm seeing that and the opportunity for faith centered conversations. And it's just, it's up to us to be, continue to be in the word, right? So when it comes, mm-hmm. you don't look like, oh, uh, you need to talk to Rick. No, you talk to me, us. Like yeah, we yeah. have the capability of spreading the word of Christ. And, right. and Kenny, back to one thing you said, it's been so true, guys. This, opportunity uh to sit down and we've we've been doing daily devotions as a family for about a a year now but having it every sunday right now because of the situation we're in having my family sit down and do devotions actually the the kids stuff's awesome keep it up and (laughs) and so it's just an opportunity that i know when they're older they're going to go, remember that time we got stuck in the house and it was like half horrible, but it was really cool. Right. <laughs> right. That really cool part's the part I hope yeah. they go. We had a lot of Jesus conversations, dad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and that's what I hope is, is what I see coming out of this. Cool. Well, that is all the time we have tonight. We are going to wrap up. We have been blessed, even though sometimes I joke that I'm not to have Jono with us today. <laughs> uh, we are thankful as always for Pete, for all he does for us, both on Sundays yeah. and, and editing these podcasts. We're going to bring Jose back to us on Monday, and we're going to give you an update on where we are in the autonomy process. Uh, we, we got some news from the SBCV. We'll share that with you next week. And, and then what's, what it looks like going through August. We're not stopping. As, as Jono said, God knew this was going to happen. He put the right people in place to make sure that even during this time, we would continue with that process. We're still going to be River Rock Church, Caroline, come end of August. Uh, and, and as, as, as John has said so eloquently, it may look different at first, but at some point, uh, River Rock Church will be back together again, meeting corporately in, in a building somewhere, and we're, we're super excited about that. Until next yeah. week, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you then. See you guys. See you guys. Good night.